Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Golden Ratio Podcast. I am Jen, GR Mom, joined as always by GR Dad. Hi. How's it going, GR Dad? It's fine. Welcome Good. back to the Florida Keys. It's nice here. It sure is. Everybody missed you. I know. I missed everybody, too. You and the dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the cocktail of the week this week is the IMF. Ooh, Do you remember the IMF? <laughs> yeah, those were days. Those were days. So, Jir Dad, when we were living in D.C. full time, uh, Jir Dad worked at the World Bank. And next to the World Bank is the IMF, the International Monetary Fund. Like they're literally kind of kitty corner from each other. Yeah, it's not that agency in the Mission Impossible movies. It's no, the International different. Monetary Fund. It's funny, when we watch Mission Impossible now and they say IMF uh, for the Impossible Mission Force, I always think of IMF next to your office. Yeah, it's a big building. Yeah. Um, on the ground level of the IMF building is a restaurant called Founding Farmers, which famously received zero stars by the Washington Post food critic. Um, but it's always packed it's it's like going to the cheesecake factory on a weekend in a heavy tourist spot like you walk in and there's just people packed into the waiting space they don't take reservations uh and i mean like it's the food is totally decent it's not amazing the location is just so good it's three blocks from the white house yeah. It's a sit-down restaurant. Yeah. And they have a lot of, you know, comfort food and, you know, I mean, it, like it was perfectly fine, but the the hype and attraction definitely didn't quite live up to what was there. Uh, they did have a really, and I mean, probably still do have a very good bar, like their cocktails top-notch there. And yeah. uh, so GR Dad and I used to go there, you know, it wasn't like all the time, but fairly frequently because it's like i'd meet him at work and then we'd go over there sometimes for lunch sometimes for dinner because it was like half a block from your office mm -hmm. and on their cocktail menu at the time i checked it's not on it anymore hey. but back in whatever 2011 2012 when we were dating uh they had a cocktail called the imf so all the drinks on their menu were 12 or 13 dollars which is pretty standard at least at the time to get a cocktail in dc and then the IMF was $25 because it's like, oh, well, these like rich guys at the IMF, like, you know, we'll have this fancy drink. Yeah. So <laughs> I yeah, ordered it. Out outrageously expensive 12 years ago. Uh, yes. I mean, there was, I don't think we went to any other place that had $25 cocktails. Right. Now you definitely, I mean, I'm sure we've bought other cocktails that cost that much. Um so I ordered it one time, like just so I could say that I had ordered it. And it was, <laughs> it was actually like just fine. I liked many of the other cocktails I had there better than this one. Um, but so it's uh, cognac, gin, Cointreau Noir, which is just kind of like the high-end Cointreau. Uh, lime juice, orange bitters with an absinthe rinse. So whatever, I mean, it's kind of a perfectly normal cocktail. Uh, and then they shake it up. And then when they come serve it to you, they have like an orange wedge or an orange peel. Cool trick for anybody making a cocktail. If you take an, just like the rind of an orange, right? Make yourself like an orange wedge. Take the fruit out of it so you just have the wine left and or the rind left. So then you've got a kind of skinny line of orange peel hold it between your fingers so like you're holding it the 
like the narrow way, right? Not not the long part between your fingers, but the skinny part between your fingers. And you squeeze it with the rind part out, facing away from you. What you'll see is there will be a tiny spritz of orange oil that comes out of the rind. Skin. Out of the skin. Yeah. If you go to a fancy craft cocktail bar, you'll see them sometimes do this with like a lemon where they'll take the rind of the lemon and they'll squeeze it like that over your cocktail. And they're like, why are they squeezing? Let's hold it over and squeeze it. And then they'll like rub it along the rim of the cocktail. And that's because the, the squeezing like that expresses the oil. And so if you do it over a drink, it'll get a little bit of the oil on the top, which it, I mean, the, the oil actually is bitter if you have too much of it, but it adds a really strong scent of whatever the citrus is to the drink. And if it's just squeezed over, you can't taste it. The interesting thing about it is that oil is flammable. And so when they make you this drink, they would squeeze the orange over it with a lighter. And so you'd get a little poof of fire. And then they put a little dab of gold leaf on top of the cocktail. So it was extremely extravagant looking. It was bougie. <laughs> it was so bougie. I mean, it was sort of embarrassing to have it. They make this big production out of it, but it's like, I have to, you know, for $25, <laughs> I will have this experience in my life. Uh, it, so it, it's definitely not the best. <laughs> in terms, I mean, it's perfectly fine, right? It's like, it's kind of like a margarita, right? It's got Cointreau and lime juice. Um, and then they it had used, gold, Jen. It had gold. It had gold leaf on it. Um, yeah. We've been to a ton of extremely fancy, the world's fanciest restaurants. We have been to them. I mean, a good number of the them. ones in America and some overseas. And some, I mean, yeah, some overseas. Yeah. But I mean, the you can't get fancier than the restaurants that we've gone to. Like, mm -hmm. it's not mm -hmm. like, oh, well, you know, there is a level above that. No, we've we've done all of. I mean, we haven't gone to all of them, but we we've done quite a bit of it. It is a way that we have a good time. <laughs> we save up money for it. I love doing it. I always feel like when we go to ones. And there's gold leaf on stuff. Mm, it's kind of a cop out. You actually don't see it at the super, super high end, like three Michelin star restaurants. You don't get a lot of gold leaf there. Because you know what it doesn't do? Taste like anything. It doesn't taste like anything. It's it's kind of trumpy. Like what somebody thinks a rich person would do is have gold leaf on all their shit. Yeah. Where, where like actual really high end nouveau cuisine it, they didn't put gold leaf on it i mean no. maybe they'd like in the 90s it isn't this is not no they they are more concerned with flavors and you know textures and and presentation but not like gold just not covers like gold stuff leaf. up it just yeah, covers it's just kind of up. a cheat <laughs> it is yeah anyway uh yeah i think what i don't know why it came into my mind i think about that cocktail not infrequently just because I don't know. It, the cocktail itself was completely not memorable. It was fine and not worth the twenty-five bucks, but I, it was an interesting thing to have it on the menu. I mean, it there. was. It was. I mean, it was twenty eleven, right? It was like the. Mm -hmm. It was trying something that was supposed to be super fancy and exclusive. Yep. By by it its was price. Bucks. One one of the worst memories of drinks that I have is for Goldschlager. Goldschlager. Yeah, that's right. Which is which is some kind of liquor. Ugh that has gold flakes floating in it. I don't know if it still exists. I think it does, but some... It, oh, it definitely does. I had a, a drunken evening with a friend in Richmond, Virginia. I still remember this. Oh, my God. And he got me a Goldschlager shot 
towards the end that I did not need. I was like, what is this? So it doesn't taste good. And it's got these gold flakes in it, which are just, you know, I was kind of mad at that at the time, too. It's just stupid. All right. Goldschlager is a Swiss cinnamon schnapps. Cinnamon. That's why it was, ugh. It wasn't Christmas. It originally was 107 proof. Ugh. Now it's 87 proof. It's a liqueur with very thin yet visible flakes of gold floating in it. The actual amount of gold has been measured at approximately 13 milligrams in a one liter bottle. As of January 2021, this amounts to 75 cents on the international gold market. Oh no, that's hilarious. So there you go. That is very much the poor person's (laughs) version of gold. Here's 75 cents worth of gold in a liter. In German, uh, I'm sorry, Ingo, the Wikipedia page gives us the German word of the week. I mean, you may have one, but it says the German word, the German word Goldschlager, gold beater, refers to the profession of gold leaf makers who beat bars of gold into extremely thin sheets. I did not know that. Goldschlager, I guess you'd say Goldschlager in German, right? Yeah, and it may have an umlaut. It does. It's been a long time. Umlaut over the A. But that drink put me over the edge at the time, and I also think that, that gold leaf does not does nothing to improve the quality. So it's a funny. cinnamon drink, so it's like a red hot or whatever. Yeah, Ugh. Ingo has interesting memories of this, like with liquor, because I had bought this is again kind of early in our dating. What did I? Was it Maker's Mark that I bought a bottle of? No, it was Knob Creek. No. Knob Creek. So I bought a bottle of Knob Creek bourbon and, and Ingo had this, it just gave me this look and I was like, ooh, like, I didn't think I screwed up with this. Like, is it that bad? And he's like, I, I don't like that. And I was like, oh, okay. He's like, I just have really me- bad memories of it because like, you know, this person like used to drink it and then they'd get really mean to me. Right? Was that basically no, the story? No, I think I always got angry when I drank Knob Creek. <laughs> <laughs> I just have remember getting like super angry after I drank Knob Creek. <laughs> Was it because you were with someone who I, made you angry? I mean, maybe, but I blame the drink because it's like that's, that's it's really strong. I think it's 107 proof, also, at least the one that I drank. So, it, you know, it wasn't really <laughs> not Greek's fault, and it's fine. But I just remember, I'm, I look at it now, and I'm like, oh, I don't want to get angry. I better not have a Knob Creek. Oh, that, I, I mean, that I don't think you ever drank it, and I tried it, and I was like, this is perfectly normal. It's pretty good bourbon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the, uh, like the timing was always bad, I guess. <laughs> um, all right. Well, there you go. That's the cocktail of the week. Um, the administrative corner, Ingo. It's time for administrative corner. I love administrative corner. <laughs> so uh, last podcast, we launched the Golden Ratio Foundation. We had an extremely successful initial round of fundraising. You guys raised enough money that we could pay for Voodoo's vet bills last month, which was quite a relief because he had quite a month. And and I mean, we raised more money than to pay for Voodoo's vet bills last month. So thank you everybody who donated for allowing us to keep Voodoo's brain in, I wouldn't say working order, but where it <laughs> functioning, is doing functioning. what it's doing. Um, those of you who donated will be getting a little thank you in the mail soon um those of you who donated who are not in the u.s will also be getting one it will just take a little bit longer and you're subject to the whims of the international postal system and the u.s mail Uh, system oh my god it's so messed up you guys um (laughs) anyway thank you everybody who donated um and 
and to a bunch of you who are like regular recurring members and we're just really grateful we've had our first board meeting since we were like officially started and we're getting all sorts of stuff up and going um benevity which like some of you have employer matching to your donations like we're finally getting up and running in their system so lots of stuff amazon smile yeah we're we're getting there we're getting all that stuff up and going so once it's all kind of set um I won't read out all the stuff on the podcast, but we'll have a page with all of it once it's up and going. So thank you, everybody. It's really great. And and we're plotting all sorts of exciting things that we can do. Yeah. And for you, yeah. plotting equals doing. So, you know, it'll all happen probably tonight. <laughs> well, you know, I we have a board now, Yumi and Jen Coleslaw. And so I, I have to at least tell you to. And the good thing is that Jen Coleslaw also seems to do as soon as the idea comes up oh, you both are so, and so such doers <laughs> so yeah ingo is like a real like well we, can we think about this can we talk about it and then the two gens are like great doing it and then the board you know we already have two yes votes so i don't need to wait for ingo <laughs> 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 that's not really happening but still wait till i okay. wait till i stack the board i'm going to expand the board and stack it with my candidates and then we'll nope. slow everything down I want more do-nothings. Uh, thank you to everybody. A bunch of people did volunteer to be on the board. Uh, we are keeping the board at three. Um, you know, since this is kind of centered around our dogs, Ingo and I want to make sure that, that we're, you know, in control of what's going on. It would be really weird to have this foundation kind of built around our dogs. I mean, you know, doing other stuff, but with our dogs at the center and then to not not really be connected with it. It'd be weird. Anyway, thank you, but no thank you. <laughs> For legal reasons, it might be... Uh, never mind. <laughs> Ned. Ingo's also becoming an expert on nonprofit law, so... It's complicated, no. but it kind of makes sense. Okay. Uh, dog updates. Yeah. I guess I have to do them all because you were gone for most of the last week. Yeah. I missed them all. I'm, next time I'm taking a dog. I don't care. Canada or Shmanada. I can hide one <laughs> under the back seat of a car. We're going to have to get one small dog. Maybe like a mini Corgi Golden Mix. I'm in. You love Corgis. I'm in. And then that one will fit under the seat in front of you and you can fly him on the plane. Oh, but If anyone uh, knows of a Golden Corgi Mix in need of rescuing a little one, Having an airplane dog would be cool. Okay, Very would, cool. We would take that dog everywhere. I'd be like, all right, me and pimento cheese are going <laughs> off to austin this week you know how much like maslow from pavlov's brother or sis brother he uh he fits in the plane yeah he's fluff he's all fluff no weight i know Bank's too big Bank's like dog and a half she's way too big yeah, she's like 20 too pounds big. too heavy all right well if anybody finds a, a little dog um who's mostly golden let us know so we can bring this dog all around the country <laughs> and around the world with us. He's so cool. Under the seat in front I have of like us. like a bag <laughs> dog. Oh my God. Okay. Uh, dog updates. Hopper got all right, many Hopper updates this week. Let's start. Hopper's birthday is today. Yeah. Start with the happy, happy birthday, birthday to Hops. She's nine. Happy birthday to Hops. Which is th- nine I, years I, old. I refuse to acknowledge this. My baby, my girl, the first puppy we had is nine already. I know. It's terrible. Another year up, another leg gone. <laughs> I mean, just just the one leg, still. Yeah. <laughs> She's she turned eight with four legs, and she turned nine with three. Um, 
at this rate. Yes. Yeah, so. <laughs> she'll, she'll have none when she's 13. I don't know. Or, you know, it could just be like every eight years she loses a oh, leg. I like and that. Yeah. It's pretty when good. When she's 17, she can, she can lose another front one and we'll put her on a little trolley. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, she got a nice waffle today. It was, you played some, took her in the water mm-hmm. a little bit. She likes it. She, had a she good was day. very intense in the water. Yep. Um, so Hopper got a ramp, which it feels like was a month ago, but it literally was since our last podcast recording. It was like six months in the coming. So, you know, maybe that's why time is distorted. It's so lovely. So the, the guy who built our dock, um, you know, I was like, we need this ramp for our dog with three legs. And he spent so much time thinking about this ramp. He met, Did I tell he this? He met the dogs, too. I don't know if he told the story, no, because it hadn't happened. Yeah. Uh, so he, uh, I was just wondering if I had told the story of, of him showing me the AstroTurf for the ramp. So we'd kind of talked about what he was going to get it made out of. Oh, yeah, we, we did talk about that, where he was going to use, like, part of a scaffolding and then it turned out it was going to be so expensive to ship that down that it didn't work. So he actually had somebody fabricate, like weld together, like 12 foot aluminum docking pieces to make the ramp. And then he's like, all right, we have to cover it. And so he called me at one point, it was probably two weeks ago. And he's like, uh, are you going to be home? Can I bring by the AstroTurf that we're going to put on the ramp? And I was like, well, you know, I'm on my way to CVS. Did I tell this story on the podcast? I'm sorry, everybody, if I'm repeating no, this story. No, I don't I think doing so. This. Oh, wait. You, I've told... Him, him seeing all the other contractors? Is that the story? Yeah. That part you did say. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. all right. So, we've told the story of me meeting him on the bridge and looking at the Azure Turf on his car. So, anyway, then he put it together. A couple of days later, he brought it over. So, he came over with one other guy who had done a bunch of the other work on the ramp. They got it all uh, on the dock. Uh, so, that guy had been here and met all the dogs before... Um, he was here when the puppy Layla was visiting. Yeah. So all the dogs would come out and like visit Layla and him. So him and the and the guy who owns the dock building company, like they were here uh, putting the ramp in. And he's like, you know, I was up on the porch looking down and he's like, what do you think about this? How does this look? And I was like, let me come down. And I brought Hops with. And so Hops like goes up you know, towards the dock and there, you know, you've seen it in the snaps, like the ramp kind of comes off the side of the walk up to the dock and Hobbs is just standing there in front of where they're attaching the ramp. She like knew this is for me. This is for me to get in the water. Jen has told me that a ramp is coming. She kept trying to like go on it while they're bolting it on. And I was like, you have to wait, you have to wait. So finally, like when they got you know, one bolt in on each side. I was like, is it okay? Like, can she go in? And they're like, yeah. And she just like, hop, 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 right down there. Hop, 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 right back up. It's great. She's yeah. very smart. Everybody started crying. Uh, all the other dogs came out and played in there. It was very beautiful. Literally grown men crying because they love hops. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so she loves it, uses it. It makes it way easier to paddleboard with her because I can kind of Put the bring the paddleboard into the water and then put the nose of the paddleboard up on the ramp so she can walk right onto the paddleboard and lay down. Uh, it's great. We all love it. All the other dogs love it. Guac runs up and down. Remy, you're training. You trained Remy to use it. Yeah, he's still this week. He just you know perspective and depth and and he's being very careful. But he came yeah. down. He came down. Yeah. Brody's. So the ramp is Brody's great. Brody's kind of figured it out, but but he still needs a little work. Yeah. He likes to just kind of throw himself in the water, I think, Brody. <laughs> um, 
In other Hopper news, not as great, but not terrible, it turns out. Um, So she had had the lump that turned out to be an abscess and hopefully not cancer. Whatever that was three weeks ago, two weeks ago. And uh, I check that spot like three times a day now to make sure the lump's not coming back. And Saturday, no lump. Everything's fine. And Sunday, we woke up and there was a lump. It felt like there was about like half a hard-boiled egg stuck under her skin. It had not been there on Saturday night. I felt it Saturday night. Sunday, there's that lump. She seemed fine. Now, in the lead up to the last lump, she was really struggling for like two weeks leading up to that. She was in a lot of discomfort before that lump showed up. She was fine all last week. And on Sunday morning, when I felt the lump, she was fine. Um, You know, we went out for a paddleboard. We did a bunch of stuff. And then by bedtime on Sunday, the lump was about five times bigger than it had been in the morning. And she was really uncomfortable. She panted all night. Monday morning, she didn't want to eat her breakfast. Always happens on a weekend, too. Why can't it be Tuesday? No, it had to be Sunday. If If there were an emergency vet down here, I absolutely would have brought her in on Sunday. You know, you could... It wasn't so bad that she was going to die from it on Sunday where it's like she needs urgent care. Uh, If it were, I would have driven her up to Miami. But by the time it was that big, like, okay, so it's 10 p.m. I'll get her up to Miami at 1 in the morning. There probably will be a wait. Or I could just wait until 7 in the morning and take her to the vet here. And, of course, they got us in right away. So when the tech came in, I was like, you know, she had this abscess, we treated it. And now like this thing is back, told her all the stuff I just said. And she's like, man, it's so hard. It really doesn't feel like an abscess. Those are usually squishier. And I was like, oh crap, is it maybe some like super fast growing tumor? I mean, there are tumors that grow that fast. And um, on Sunday night, like it had grown so fast. I was like, there's gotta be a lot of pressure in there. And you can tell she was uncomfortable. So I took one of the needles that we have for an injection that we give her. They're bigger gauge than the insulin needles. And I was like, let me just see if I can draw anything out of that. Because even if it's going to fill back up, if I can get some of the stuff out of there, at least it'll make her temporarily a little more comfortable. So I poked it in there and I nothing would come out. And I, you know, I just kind of tried it once because I didn't want to hurt her. Yeah. And uh, so the vet came in and you could see like a tiny drop on the surface of it and the vet is like huh like i wonder if this is where like the last vet poked it or something and i said oh you know i tried to poke it last night but you know i didn't want to fish around in there and hurt her that that's where i stuck the needle in and she's like well such a like disaster movie there's the dam is leaking yeah there's, there's a tiny drop of gunk coming out of here and she's like All right, well like it is an abscess or at least there's some abscess in there because there's stuff coming out of it so let's bring her in the back and lance that and you know we'll culture it we'll figure out what antibiotics you need we'll try to see what's going on so they're trying to get her out of the exam room into the back where they can you know give her some pain medicine and you know take a scalpel to the thing and lance it and she kind of got up but she just didn't want to go with them and i was like come on let's go like we'll walk in the back and you know i'd walk two steps towards the back and then she'd go but if i stopped she wouldn't go and i was like you know what When she was having a hard time walking on the linoleum floors, I was like, let me just pick her up and I'll put her on the table. So I pick her up um, 
abscess side towards my chest. So then I've kind of got an arm under her chest and around her front leg, right? Because the leg is a, a helps leverage her. So I've got her like behind the butt, under the arm, under like the armpit. And I'm carrying her into the back. And as I put her down on the table, I look down and the abscess has exploded all over me. I'm covered in gore. So the good news is, but the bad news yeah. is. Uh, and they're like, oh, no. And I was like, you know what? It's okay. Like, I keep a set of running clothes in my car. So if I'm ever, you know, stuck somewhere for an hour that I have to wait, I can just change and go for a run. I love to run. But like, oh, I got an hour someplace. I'm going to go run a new place. I'm like, so I'll just go change. They're like, let's get this, you know, spray bottle of, you know, kind of like soapy stuff that you can put on there. And I was like, it's fine. And they're like, but the smell. And like, I had a mask on, right? Like a N95 mask. I couldn't smell anything. Uh, it must have smelled really bad because it was <laughs> all just like. In but it looked and it looked really bloody. Oh, yeah. I, I sent a picture to a couple of people. Uh, the super followers, I guess I maybe posted did I post the picture of my gory T-shirt? Maybe I, I sent it to a few people. I mean, I've I've seen it, but I don't know what context. It was. It looked like you know a murder podcast mm -hmm. kind of visual aid. <laughs> so I have the running clothes I keep in my car are like running clothes I don't normally want to wear. It's you know stuff that I got for a photo shoot one time, and like it's perfectly fine, but I would not wear it around. So I like you know I've got like my uniform on like a skirt and a t-shirt and I, the t-shirt's covered in gore. So I got into my car and I have like this white kind of close fitting tank top, which I have to put a sports bra on underneath because you can like see through it. So I go in the vet's bathroom and change. And so I come out in this like, you know, I've still got the little skirt on, but this like <laughs> clung on like white tank it's, top and a sports bra. I think it looks like a tennis tennis shirt. It, I, lo I looked a little bit like a tennis person <laughs> tennis anyone <laughs> and it's like it's cut very high around the neck so you get a lot of shoulders <laughs> it looked fine it was just like i was like i would never leave the, <laughs> the house like this normally um anyway they they drained it and and kind of left it open so it kept draining uh i hope nobody's eating while they're listening because like you push on it and like stuff would come out of it we should put a warning at the beginning oh, don't God. eat while minutes, <laughs> whatever to whatever i'm gonna put it in the notes and then someone will finish listening and be like oh the notes said not to listen to this <laughs> while you're eating breakfast sorry everybody um she left a trail going to the elevator on the way back too yeah it was kind of dripping it was it was draining very well mm -hmm. i mean the good news is it was an abscess and it drained yeah so uh, they have sent it off to get cultured, which will tell us what kind of bacteria is in there. Um, yeah, when she saw the little drop of stuff coming out, she's like, get me a slide. So like the tech goes and gets her slide and she just stuck the slide on the little drop of stuff and then stained it and put it under the microscope. And she, That's cool. yeah, she brought back a picture for me and she's like, these are the neutrophils and these are the bacteria." And I was like, yes, I remember this from high school biology. Um, <laughs> so, you know, the, the, the culture that they're doing will tell us what kind of bacteria is in there. It's not a test for cancer or anything else, but this, she's like, I didn't see a lot of joint fluid when we drained it. You know, it looked mostly just like infection, which is good and bad. Like why the hell is she getting this infection again that we just treated, you know, probably cause we used the wrong antibiotic, you know, it obviously helped. The thing was totally flat. Like it looked like it went away, but it obviously didn't get everything. So they yeah. put her on for now, a doxycycline was, you know, which often treats some of the stuff that's resistant to the clavamox, which she was on before. And then 
when we get these results back, we'll see if the doxycycline is in fact the correct antibiotic or if we need to put it on something else. But it's like always good, like if you've got an infection like that, like start something, right? Don't just oh, yeah. wait a week to try an antibiotic. So um, it's still, there's still a little bit of gunk in there. It's not draining anymore. And there's also a lot of swollen tissue in there. So there's still a lump. It's much smaller than it was. Um, and then, but she definitely feels a lot better. She's mostly her perky self again. Yeah. So I think that's the hopper leg update. Yeah. She seems to enjoy creating abscesses. Yeah. Yay, hops. Knock that shit off, hops. The only other dog story I have from this week is that uh, before you came home, Ingo, I had made myself a frozen pizza for dinner. And I was sitting in my little nook of the couch. And Voodoo has developed a habit of as soon as I sit down there with food, he struggles his stuff up, his self up onto his feet <laughs> and comes over with his happy face and looks at me. And he's got the the one of the best begging faces. Oh, yeah, it's one of the so one of the cute. six best begging faces in the house. <laughs> it's so cute. And of course I give him stuff all the time because he's normally so disengaged that when he's there and like begging and making the happy face at me, like it's great. I don't I don't care if I'm developing bad habits. I like a perky foods. Uh the problem is he's really insistent. Like he just wants the food. He doesn't care about me at all. He just wants the food. So if I'm not giving him anything, he will try to just eat the food. <laughs> he, does. he has no boundaries. Sticks his tongue in the bowl, you know, tries to climb up on the couch. So he can't climb on the couch. His back legs don't work. It, so Woods is much perkier this week than he has been. It's charming and wonderful, but he cannot walk and his mobility gets worse every week um which is like not great um he has a very hard time coordinating his back legs now he has a hard time standing up we're just we're in the kind of day-to-day phase with boots you know it is yeah. what it is um but he's perky and happy when he's up and that's awesome because uh, he kind of wasn't before he was much more out of it you know two weeks ago so anyway he comes over um he couldn't stand up Right. Like he, if he stands for too long, he just falls over. So he's like standing there looking at me for the pizza, which I'm not giving him. And then he just <laughs> fell down. But he put one leg up on the couch. So he's got he's all on the ground, except one front leg is kind of stuck up <laughs> on the couch. And then I'm trying to manage. I'm like, that can't be comfortable. Right. Like you're going to dislocate your shoulder joint or something. So as I have the plate of pizza in one hand. On the other hand, I'm trying to get Vood's leg off the couch. So he's just laying on the floor. Remy jumps over Vood's onto the couch and starts licking my pizza. Straight up just <laughs> head onto the pizza, licking the top of the cheese. Oh. <laughs> uh, See, they do seem to have a deal. I know, because I'm what like, happened yesterday or was it the day before? What happened? You and I were talking. Oh, down my here God. And we heard some like noises upstairs. Yeah. Dog stompings <laughs> we're like huh i wonder what that's all about and then you went back upstairs yeah i had i had given him breakfast and uh i put a new bag of dog food into the bin and i finished a bag of pill pockets so i put the empty pill pockets in the empty dog food bag and a couple other things in there and uh remy i, I know it was remy he had been sniffing at it before i forgot to bring it out and i left the kitchen gate open so remy pulled it out and remy and Voods together like i had 
walked guac. I came back in. I opened the door. And Remy is standing at the door looking at me. He has literally a piece <laughs> of pill pocket bag hanging out of his mouth. Vood's head is in the dog food bag, which is shredded on the floor. Does not care. He's just like licking the empty bag. And Remy's like, like a tornado like, of plastic shredded oh on the floor. And yeah. everyone was super excited. But again, they're working together, those two. They really are. They are a mischief tag team. Yeah. Other than all of this, everybody's fine. Vink is good. Brody yeah. seems a little panty these days, but we don't really know what's going on with him. So we may take him into the vet soon to see if there's some kind of hidden I- issue bugging yeah. him. He also has a very good begging face. He still he does. Those, he perks those ears up and oh, he man, looks like a polar what a cutie. Bear. Um, guac, low maintenance <coughs> as usual. He's a good boy. He's consistently he's he runs away a lot less now that i'm throwing the ball for him and stuff he's not bored this is kind of why we've fallen off doing first place dog and low maintenance dog of the week because it's like basically guac <laughs> and vink sometimes hops if she's not <laughs> going to the vet that yeah. week yeah um well i mean it may periodically come back but it, it kind of got like well, we got to do awards this week, and it's like it's just guac and drink again. Okay, <laughs> it kind of shakes out. Yeah, yeah. they're shaking out into teams now, like low maintenance team, team chaos 2.0 is Bremi and Voods. Yeah, <laughs> team anxious is, is Brody. <laughs> All right, uh, so that's dog updates yeah. for ramblings. Uh, Ingo, you wanted to talk about a turkey. Okay, it's chicken adjacent, wild chicken adjacent, <laughs> wild turkey. I just think it's a funny funny story. It's about Washington, D.C., so it's not a Keys story. So that's why it's ramblings, as you say, and not yeah. uh, uh, you know, Taste of the Keys. There is a wild turkey lurking around a some trails and parks in Washington, D.C., and that turkey's attacking people. So Vicious is, turkey. There are videos online of people... Uh, some a 70-year-old retired court services employee said, three weeks ago I was trying to get away from him and he came after me. He wouldn't let me pass. <laughs> and then somebody else said, I tried to get around him on the trail and he lunged at me. So I turned around and ran and he lunged again and pecked me on my butt. So this turkey is <laughs> after people. And this is two park rangers were on bikes and the turkey chased them. <laughs> so this is an angry turkey. Um and so since it's D.C., they're, they're not going to shoot it or, or hunt it. Uh, you know, it's, it's a dense enough area. There isn't really hunting in D.C. But there's the National Park Service is trying to catch it, but it's uh, eluding capture. And then it sort of flew across the river to Maryland. So the Maryland Fish and Wildlife is involved and the county at the county level. And then the bird flew in across another river into federal parkland, the uh, National Arboretum. And, and so that's another agency. That's the um, USDA manages that. So you've got six federal or oh, six federal and state agencies trying to find this one turkey. Um, <laughs> and turns out the uh, USDA wildlife manager of the National Arboretum said the turkey roosted there last year. And was following workers around the Arboretum. Near Thanksgiving of last year, one of the workers told the bird he was going to have it for dinner. And we haven't seen that bird since November. 
<laughs> so the bird left that park that where they were going to eat him and had moved to Kenilworth Gardens, which is a pretty well-known place in D.C. They have a lot of water lilies there. Yeah. Uh, and the public has been reporting attacks. The multi-agency task force is still in pursuit. <laughs> <laughs> so I there's mean, first it's zebras, turkey. now it's aggressive wild turkeys. Who knows I what's mean, next? The articles are hilarious, but they're also videos. I mean, it's a big tom turkey. Turkeys are big. It's kind of had it, you know, and it's the wily bird and it's... You know, there's just so many foul jokes about this foul running afoul of, of regulations. <laughs> and so it's a it's a funny story that it's just sort of the anarchy of nature is great. Yep. All right. Well, thank you for that. Uh, do you mm-hmm. want to do German word of the week or taste of the keys? Uh, German word of the week. While I'm do it while I'm on uh, a friend of the pod suggested Vergangenheitsbewältigung, oh, which is a long one. Yeah. Vergangenheit is past or history and bewältigung is to overcome or to process or to grapple with so it's the process of sort of coming to terms with your history or overcoming your history or yeah addressing your own history is that used in the context normally of like a person or like a nation well, it's used specific. I mean, in Germany, it's the German history. Yeah, it's overcoming yeah. the German history. Bewältigung is a very. I mean, it's like you're you're you you're tackling it, and you've got to sort of get over it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But it's a very active process, right? So it's not yeah. ignoring it. It's it's learning it, coming to terms with it, um, accepting it the consequences for it, taking responsibility for it it's a very it's a it's a very interesting term uh and it's certainly something germany has done with with respect to world war ii would you say that critical race theory is a type of this yes yes yeah. yes i mean it, the, i think the 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 suggestion or the, the it was in the context of a lot of the you know in america that the answer nowadays seems to be stop hit teaching history because it might be difficult and in germany it's like it is difficult and that's why we have to teach it and you have to understand it and you have to you have to understand that it can never happen again. Like guys, do you know how fucked up that shit is that we did? We can't keep doing shit like that. We can ne- And here we we're like, let us not talk about the shit. Yeah, and if we do it again then we'll ignore that too. Yeah. Say the word again. Vergangenheitsbewältigung. That's a good word. Vergangenheit past and bewältigung is to overcome. Nice. Good one. Yeah, it's a good concept. Okay. For Taste of the Keys, this was also sent in by a friend of the squad. Cops say he murdered his mother in Colorado and he was just caught in the Florida Keys. This is from the Miami Herald, but not by Florida Keys correspondent Gwen Filosa. This is by David Goodhue. Maybe he does the crime desk. Maybe. A surveillance camera still shows the white Dodge minivan Castle Rock, Colorado police say Matthew Harless Buchanan drove away from his mother's burning house Tuesday, April 26, 2022. Monroe County Sheriff's Office deputies arrested Buchanan Tuesday, May 3rd, 2022 at a Florida Keys gas station. Wow. That's a little summary. A Colorado man accused of I know. A Colorado man accused of killing his mother last week was arrested Tuesday morning in the Florida Keys. Monroe County Sheriff's deputies arrested Matthew Harless Buchanan, 32, at a Plantation Key gas station. Agency spokesman Adam Lindhart said it's it, it should be the Plantation Key gas station. There's one gas station. <laughs> <Plantation> <laughs> Key. Not a, 
<laughs> the deputies located him at the 7-Eleven shortly after receiving information around 3 a.m. that Buchanan was in the Keys driving a white Dodge Caravan minivan. A 50-year-old woman from Daytona Beach was also in the van, but she was not arrested. Buchanan is expected to be returned to Colorado to face multiple charges, including second-degree murder and arson. He's accused of killing his mother, 59-year-old Elizabeth Bjorlo. There's a J in there. Mm. Bjorlo. She was found dead inside her smoldering house shortly before 3 p.m. last Tuesday after firefighters extinguished a fire there, the Kessel Rock Police Department said. The Douglas County Coroner's Office did an autopsy, but the manner of Bjorlo's death has not been released. Another person was inside the house at the time and was treated in the hospital for non-life-threatening injuries. Police named Buchanan a person of interest in the blaze, and a warrant was issued for his arrest, quote, for his involvement in the death of his mother, the Castle Rock police said. Witnesses saw him leave the house in a Dodge minivan. And then they had a picture of him. This incident has shaken our community, Castle Rock Police Chief Jack Colley said in a statement shortly after Bjorlo's body was found. He released a statement Tuesday thanking Keyes Sheriff's Office as well as other police agencies, praising his investigators. I'm so proud of our team for their diligent and quick work, and we hope this arrest brings some relief to our community. We are grateful to the many agencies who assisted us in locating this wanted person. So there you go. It's not murder in the Keys, but it's murderer in the Keys, and that's good enough. Seems like good enough for us. these agencies work much better than the uh, turkey-catching agencies in D.C. <laughs> I think... People think like, oh, I, I'm a fugitive. I've got to get away where nobody f- will find me. I'm going to go to Key West. Like it's little, it's isolated, it's yeah. remote. Everybody That's knows each other. And if there's a new car there, everyone's <laughs> like, hey, who's the new guy? <laughs> and you're driving uh, through, you're basically driving through a tunnel for 120 miles. There's nowhere for you to go right. once you get into the Keys. If anybody's on the lookout for you, they're going to see you, my dude. Because you're driving on Route 1 all the way down to Key West. Yep. There's no bypass. There's no secrets. Yeah. And there's a lot of cops, guys. So there's so many cops. There's so many. Yeah. And because people drive like idiots without the cops, they're really like, I'm going to zoom through the keys. I mean, we have so many stories of that. I mean, people would do it all the time if they weren't giving out lots of speeding tickets. Well, my theory is that they have, for this number, for this population, they have a normal number of cops like every other county, but there's only one road. Yep. <laughs> they have to they patrol just... <laughs> that one road. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's everything for this week. Glad that you're home, dear dad. I am glad Dogs too. Are glad. It's much nicer yep. here. Yep. Yep. Um, All right. Well, until next week, Slava Ukraini, and don't bite anyone unless they ask you to. No biting. Bye. Bye. <laughs>